This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare. This week, I spoke with Mark O'Sullivan, aka Mark O'Leary. Mark's been on since 2019 and has an absolutely outstanding gallery. We talk a bit about our galleries, a bit about our conundrums, under 23 dilemmas, but then obviously the big thing this week, casual rewards have been boosted. We talk about ideas around special cards, um, you know, maybe will second divisions across Europe be covered after the Saint-Étienne renewal? Uh, One million users, a contentious subject. Uh, so I hope you enjoy the episode. Please do leave us a review wherever you are and subscribe. Mark O'Sullivan. Mark O'Leary, handsome Northern Irishman, Irishman from the north of Ireland. I don't know which one to say. How are you? I'm good. I'm very, very good. Um, slightly sunburnt from last weekend. Being outside, lying in the sun, we well, but apart from that, I'm all good. <laughs> Did you <laughs> get absolutely like, fried? Did you get oh, fried? Oh, I got fried completely. I, I had to take shelter the last couple of days. Um, that bad? Uh, yeah, it was. It wasn't great. So, uh, and like I was Michael Jackson with like, the umbrella in the sun, like. Exactly. Yeah, I was only out for about like two hours, and I was just like, "Oh no, this is this is not good." So yeah, yeah. yeah. But, no, fair play. Uh, I haven't got fried. I've been stuck on work, and it's been pissing rain. Um, which is kind of what I want when I'm stuck on work, you know. Yeah. And then when you come out of work, and it's even like today, this little room is like a little hot box because it's like 17, 18 degrees, which to everyone who's international will be like, "That's not warm." We're an Ireland no. bitch. That's warm. <laughs> that's like a, and, uh, that's like tops off weather. That's well, tops off. Like, you know, you're yeah, like the sun cream out. Yeah, yeah. Barbecue. Sounds like guns you know. out a lot. Exactly. There's no sausages on the shelves at the minute. There's no burger buns. You know what I mean? Um, but Mark, look, you were on. I actually don't know when the last time you were on was, but um, you know, we probably have some new listeners since then. For anyone listening, you've been on since 2019. Um, at the end of October, you have. I said it whenever I announced this, like you've some of the nicest cars out there. Like in my opinion, I, I love a few of your guys. I'm an under 23 guy. And like you've got Uniques in Jeremy Doku, Yari Versharan. You have a load of other ones, but like those two and Noah Lang. And I even have the super rare Sugar and you've unique kind of stand out. Um you also have some beautiful super rares. You've obviously got the the Donna Room is probably the biggest one. Maybe you'll disagree. If you, you've got a Darwin, who's obviously kind of topical. Akoi is going to be a huge under 23 goalkeeper next season by the looks of it. You've got some crackers basically. Um, how's it been since we last spoke? Um, honestly, I think since we last spoke, I probably was uh, hoping I'd win a lot more rewards than I did. Um, I think that was really down to the lottery when it comes to injuries and players getting rotated. Um, for large periods of last season, uh, Doki was out injured. Um, mm. It's kind of been known as like a hype boy now because he's got all this hype about him whenever he comes back. And he'd play away like two games or three games and next time he'd be off injured again. Um, so I really, really hope that next season is going to be his year. He's going to like break out and do big, big things um, for Ren. And uh, fingers crossed, uh, less injuries. So that's what I'm hoping for. Mm. Whenever I met you earlier in the year, well, end of last year that probably i think that was around the time he was at his happiest did he have a really good performance for belgium and kind of everyone yeah. was talking about doku even the casuals and then yeah. things went downhill 
I think um, that was the moment where he scored perhaps on his debut or I scored in the second game he's playing. And uh, I was sitting there like, oh my goodness, this is it. This is his time. He's going to just skyrocket now. Um, and then there's an injury, you know, it's out for most of the season after that, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, I think it was just my key guys. I, I never got like a run of form where all of them were playing at the same time. Um, yeah. And with that, like it's quite hard to capitalize on, on the players I had to really deliver me some really good rewards. So that's quite unfortunate in that regard. Yeah, I'm just looking back there. Like it might have been there was a game that won eight nil against Belarus where he got a goal and two assists, but I feel like winning against Belarus mightn't have been the one. Maybe it was, because otherwise we're looking at last season. He 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 played really well anyway. It's been really unfortunate. Even like Noah Lang hasn't maybe been the Noah Lang of the previous season. A couple of your unique your uniques haven't maybe done what you would have hoped. Um, and I don't know how your superiors went, but I mean, even for Sharon was out for long periods. George Bell got a horrible transfer. Um, Astro Franks didn't do much at Wolfsburg. I mean, I'm an absolute magpie. I got a bit of a balance. I sold the Raffaele out, or not the Raffaele out, sorry, I haven't sold him yet. The Rodrigo, and I'm going to tell everyone about it every week. But I sold the Rodrigo, and on that balance, I've went out a wee shopping spree. So I'm an absolute magpie. It's taken everything in me, not just to spend it on all the other 23s that are speculative. Do you think like your gallery, has your opinion changed in any way in terms of who you'll buy? Like, have you learned anything over the last year in terms of the speculation on our 23s? Is there any regret? Is it not? Do you just think that's part and parcel of the risk you take? Like, you've got some of the biggest cards on the platform and arguably they haven't gone to plan yet, but your patience is still there, I assume. Like, what's your take if I throw that at you? Yeah, um, so I think over the course of the season, um, what I was mainly aiming for was uh, Division 2, uh, the Super Rare Division. Um, and I feel like, you know, me and you were very similar on, on that approach. We thought like Superware is probably the best approach for us to go in and get another Superware reward and sort of sell them on, build up the, the gallery. Uh, but with the rewards still kind of lacking in that division and they're still not that great. Uh, and you, you do win better rewards than the Rare Pro. Uh, towards the tail end, I started looking more so at the Rare Pro. Uh, mm. And then throwing together a team if I could with the one unique um Perhaps uh, Noah Lang. Um, uh, I'd rather use Noah Lang instead of uh, Jeremy Doku because Doku was injured. Yarvish Arman's injured a spell as well. Um, I felt like Lang was the only person I could sort of rely upon from all my unique cards. Um, but the only major highlight I think I got this season was um, I did win Darwin Nunez, which was a huge uh-huh. win for me. Um, so I picked him up around about November time, which was massive. Um, but apart from that, all of my wins recently weren't really massive names. Um, I think the only guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing next season is uh, Rami Ben Nini or something. Yeah, I'm terrible pronouncing names like this. <laughs> uh, but he's uh, on the move, of course, to Dortmund. So I'm fingers crossed. Did he go to Dortmund? Uh, I heard he did. Yeah. So um, I think he's picked up like a. I'm not sure if it's a free transfer or whatever, but. He's a left um, back, is he? And he's on penalties. Yeah, yeah. Left back. I don't know. I know he's a wing back. I think he's a left. Yeah, he's a left back. He was on penalties. He did pretty well at uh, Gladbach, So you'd assume Dortmund. I mean, they had trouble there with like Nico Schulz, didn't they? He didn't really fit in. And but what happened, yeah. Guerrero? Did he push further up, or was he injured or something? Why wasn't he nailed down? Wasn't there? wasn't really sure about Guerrero, but I know like another signing to that back line is a slaughter back. So he's coming in from Freiburg. So. Mm. Like the chances are, like maybe Dortmund's going to be a lot more um, solid next season, and that's going to help mm. me massively as well for like giving me more options in terms of all star. 
Um, when it comes to Champion Europe, it's not one of these divisions I have like a lot of star players in. Uh, usually it's just because it's like one of the most expensive uh, divisions to buy players for. So a lot of my cards would be more um, challenger based um, rather than anything else. Yeah, I'm looking at there, and I think like you have had like a few wins, but I suppose like based on the the uniques that are there and the under twenty threes that are in it, it has been maybe a slow finish. You know, the Darwin's obviously huge. I think that Maduka Coil bit was that maybe at the end of last season. Um, yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 Coil and the Donner the, were from... Possibly it was at the start of the, of the season. Um... <laughs> they were cut. Kind of, yeah, in around then. I think they're really good cards for next season. I think the Milan Van Uyck's a nice card you want as well. Um, but I suppose like you're not really again there aren't many like rare rewards there so you've been really targeting that D2 maybe a bit more towards rare pros you were saying do you not really enter many in the rare divisions or how does that work so um, with me I've really went top heavy um, that was my investment plan from the very start try and pick up the uniques the super rares and try and win rewards and sort of filter my way down uh, mm. obviously the threshold division um, D4 <laughs> Uh, Global All-Star is, is a great division to be in because you can continually pick up by ETH and that would help me like sort of get replacement uh, players if I needed them. Um, obviously, looking at rewards of the past season, it hasn't gone to plan too well. Uh, I think that just comes from like more teams uh, being licensed, so there's more options, more bear players, and perhaps the ones I did have, which were running me rewards uh perhaps a season and a half ago or just not the same standard anymore. And I, I do have this, probably one of my... Uh, biggest uh rocks or biggest problems i have is holding on to players for too long um i'm not one to like quickly sell and try and replace them and, and, and capitalize in terms of so5 i'm really just happy just like hold on the players and uh wait yeah. for them to actually start turning into form um and or maybe get like a move somewhere so and, and that's probably cost me uh, i probably should have been selling quicker and trading a lot more and my ETH probably could have done like uh, way more uh, in terms of so5 performance mm. Yeah, it's one, it's one of those that it's like, it's all variation, isn't it? Like, it's hard, it's easy to say that now in hindsight, but I mean, like, I, I've been guilty, particularly with Doku, and I think Doku and Lang, in particular, probably your two biggest cards, are the ones that, like, flatter to deceive in terms of, when they're on the pitch, they are very exciting, and they're both in teams that they can do well in if they play. Their games do suit the matrix. So, like, I, I couldn't blame you for maybe finding it a hard time to sell them or move on, and they might even be who you're referencing. Uh, maybe there are other players like Sugawara had a hot patch. Maybe he could have been moved on. But like, I think like, you know, the game it isn't like that horse has run yet. Like it's still kind of mid race. You know, there's some big moves that could happen if Doku sorts his injuries out. He, he's he'll break that matrix, and you know, it like maybe sometimes patience can be a blessing as well. You know, we don't really know yet. This time next year, you could turn around and say, geez, thank God I held on to them. I nearly sold them because they were, they were doing shit. So it's really impossible to know with like speculative under 23s. But like, um, yeah, I think it is interesting because the kind of top down approach, shooting for the stars and trickling down is almost how Silver is built. You know, it's almost better than the kind of progressive way of trying to play it, coming in limited, going up the rares of Silver. That'll take you forever. If you have the budget coming in high and trickling down and filling up, always seems to make more sense. Yeah, well, I, I kind of. Easy, I definitely felt like the time when I joined, um, because there wasn't so many other players playing, um, I was able to pick up players like a way more cheaper than they are nowadays. Um, and with prices going up all the time, as, as more and more players join in, you've got more people competing with you at auctions. 
Uh, so it makes it like a lot harder nowadays, and that's only just going to escalate as Sorare grows and gets bigger and, and more and more players join. Um, so even even nowadays, I sort of look at the unique market. And I'm sort of like, unless I sell like a lot of my cards and I'm trying saving up, um, you know, maybe I have to sell like you know a quarter of my gallery to get like a star unique card. Um, I don't even know if I could get a star unique card. I even sell them with my gallery. So yeah, uh, that way I'm I'm just happy just to go through, uh, pick up uh, why consider bargain uh, super rares or bargain rare cards. And more recently, I, I sort of been diving into uh, limiteds just for the specialists and the underdog leagues. Um, I thought that was an excellent idea and it's really picked up my interest and even within that time frame of maybe like I think it's only been a couple of months of like really diving into that market you can see like how much more liquid that market is where I can buy a player and, and within like two weeks I'm ready making you know 0 0.002 profit whatever uh, in terms of ETH so it's really really quick um, and they seem to really favor like the last five uh, in terms of player performance. So if you've got somebody who's played really well in the last five games, you're going to see a huge increase mm. in their value, which is good. Yeah, I think like, because I've kind of predominantly dealt with rares. Um, I've been buying a good few limiteds recently and I was really surprised. Not surprised, but like I knew there was more there was more liquidity there, but I think it still does surprise me how tightly like the price can hug the floor um, or like the floor can hug like last sales compared to rares where people are always 30, 40%, 20% above the last sale. And you're always trying to be like, look, lad, you're asking for too much. Or is it limited? Yeah. There's just so many, so much more pressure of people undercutting each other that it always feels like you can get a good deal. Um, but recently after that Rodrigo sale, I'm trying to get these guys under 23 who are like, I'm trying to go like semi-premium, like decent scorers. And it's so hard. Now, it's one thing whenever you're going and doing what I've always done and buying dodgy guys who no one really wants whenever they're out of form. Like, picking up power shares when he isn't playing isn't a problem. Grabbing Kamal Sulemano when he's injured, no issue. Adela Sheesh, sure, he's getting relegated. Picking those guys up, no one cares. See, when I was trying to get, like, the the Z Zion Fleming, I got quite lucky with him because it was an auction and Plastician basically fumbled into it and then half regretted it and basically gave me it for the pricey page to get his ETH back. And then Umar Soled I got today. But I'm finding like in these premium under 23s at that level, never mind unique, which is where you, you're talking about. And I, I would love a unique. It's actually like really hard. You have to be so patient. It's not like rare or limited where you want a guy, you'll get him in a day or two or even minutes at limited. If you want him at super rare or unique, you might have to sit. If it's a premium player that people want to use, unless you want to pay over the odds, you're going to be sat in your hands just waiting for weeks probably more yeah and that's the thing with like the limited supply as well like if there's only 10 of them ever available or you weren't it's the very first year of them being on Sorare. like it might be coming to the tail end of the season there's still only like seven available and you might have like uh if they're really really good the, the managers who have those like maybe seven they're not gonna want to sell them they're just gonna be like no 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 mate you're gonna have to pay like over the odds here because if you buy him you're gonna be competing directly with me um yeah. and that's where it's quite challenging uh, like I did see that uh, you had your gallery reviewed and I, I definitely feel like uh, what, what they're encouraging is like you know dive into uh, Rare Pro which is kind of where I'm looking now uh, I kind of feel like I have like a couple of standout super rare uh, players which I can use in under 23s uh, Vitor Ferro who I've used for the, yeah. the cover image for today a great player really helped me last season for a couple of game weeks and secure some rewards so he's one of my super rares. Um, Darwin Nunes as well. Fingers crossed he'll do well if he gets a transfer. 
Um, but that sort of leaves me in this sort of like position with Darwin Nunes. He's really like hyped up at the minute. Um, he's played mm. amazing for Benfica. And now I've got this uh, sort of moment where I'm like, do I cash in on this rumor and and just wait for him to like, oh, this move to Liverpool or Manchester United is now confirmed, could be at his peak. Uh, and then the following season, he might not be playing. He might be just a bit part player at Manchester United or Liverpool. And then I could use those funds to buy like, a, you know, a placing player of a similar sort of mold uh, for forward super rare. But it's definitely tough and even like trying to buy the the late tier players for um rare cards like you're looking at them and poppy um going for like 12 ETH for rare um yeah. and those are like similar price ranges if you're looking like vinnie vinnie jr i think he's around Viniscus jr he's run away eight the last time i looked at him but, uh, i think he was um maybe i, I remember that incorrectly um I haven't, I, did have... I haven't paid around four and a half but like it wouldn't surprise me yeah, he's got one at 4 there, 4.18. 4 okay. Uh, not quite Still. that high just yet. Yeah, but uh, I managed to get like a Jota, and I thought like I was really, really nervous whenever I picked him up. Um, Jota, he plays for Celtic. Mm. So that was around about January time, and I paid like one ETH. And I remember like sitting after I paid that money, and I was like, damn, like, oh, like, is it going to pull off for me? And like, is he going to like stay there in Celtic? That was my biggest fear. And uh, I think it was only like a couple of weeks later, it was like, there's all this hype about Celtic being out. I was like, please don't be out it. Like, I, I want to have like limited supply. Yeah. So it means like, if he's doing really, really good, there's only going to be like another 20 of them like available. And I'm like, nah, nah, nah. Like, you're going to have to pay like, you know, 3.5 ETH, a little bit less than Viscus yeah. Jr. But, you know, that would be a nice sweet profit for me, like 3x my, my return, which would be good. But he's he, even he's like doubled his, his value since uh, I picked him up. So I feel like, uh, it's, it's going well, and I hope I hope he can retain that value. I hope he he's all signed permanently for Celtic because that'll help me out big time. So I'm looking at your gallery, and like you have some beautiful cards across it, right? But I mm-hmm. when I just look at it, I think like the most jealous position I have of you is like under twenty three goalkeepers, particularly like like super rare. I think you've almost got like the three meta ones that people are looking at for next season. You've Donnarumma, Okoye, and then Lafont maybe to a lesser extent. I know Vandiver. Like super rares in those guys, you could probably sell one of them. You probably don't need them all, and then like yeah, yeah. You know? But for me, like see, looking at Donnarumma, I, I've debated about this ever since like the day I got him, and I thought like okay, I can use him. My uh, that's when I was back playing unique division. I thought okay, mm. I can walk in with him. Uh, one other super rare, which would be my defender. Um, most of the time it was Milan uh, Van Buick. Um, yeah. and then from that, I was playing Doku, Lang, and, and Vasharan, who at the time when they were playing, it was a really good combination. Mm-hmm. Um, but nowadays, I'm, I'm of the opinion like it, his price is so high, I can just think of like how many different players I could pick up with that, that amount of ETH. Like, see, 10 ETH, someone hand it over to you today, John. Here's 10 ETH. You know, what, yeah. what players would you buy in terms of like a you know, rare well, pro? You could, you could get the, the Vinicius Junior, who's uh, sent the world on fire at Real Madrid. He's, he's playing for brazil as well uh but whenever i look at donnarumma like he's still what what is he now 23 yeah so 23 he's, he's got like a full more year of like um under under 23's uh eligibility and he, he's also the number one goalkeeper for italy so when it comes to world cup games like straight away yeah. i don't have to think twice at, uh, if i have like enough other super rares or rares i can enter a, a pretty strong um super rare or rare protein Mm. So that's, that's yeah, no, I hear one. you. I think, like, what I quite literally did, I had Naimi to play with, and I got the Zion Fleming, I got the Marsolet, and I've got four ETH left to play with. 
and I'm thinking like it's funny, it's almost serendipitous. Like a four point one eighth in the balance, and a Vinicius is four point one eighth. <laughs> but like, I think I want to hold out, and maybe get like a, a midfielder super rare because at the minute I think going into the next season, I have a lot of could be maybe's, hmm, you know, like a few like oh yeah that might work or he could turn out okay. Like Tanali has his weeks, and I'll play the fixtures. Yeah, outside that, Palacios from Leverkusen finished the season strong, but God knows what it'll be like next year. Or Sharon, who knows? Kulisevsky was just playing out of his skin, who knows? Kakare was getting a bit more AA in his game before he got injured. Maybe he comes back in and plays well. Then I'd say that there's a few more, even more speculative ones, but like none of them are like guaranteed. Oh, yeah. You, you close your eyes, and like he's in every single time. Yeah, he, I, I get no what you're saying. He plays, he's a 75, he's a 60. Yeah. You know, there's none of them, so it's a bit more like I'll be playing the fixtures with him, and I don't even know if four and a half seat four and a half feet is enough to get a player like that that's super rare under 23 but um, um are you no problems in. I think Joey very much he's the man he is the man he is, he is the man because like whenever you look at everyone else he's like uh, potentially on that list of maybe top top 10 top 20 uh, midfielders in Sorare at the minute in terms of under 23s and you sort of think okay a lot of these guys could be on the move um, Gerson Fernandez is another one uh, who's yeah. going to be playing for Pastikas He's one of the most dominant teams in Turkey. Um, you sort of figure this guy, he has to do well if he's going to be starting. Um, but I think a lot of the other players, uh, they've got potential to be moving. Um, so if I had like a 10 leads in there and I needed like a rare um, midfielder, Joey Veerman would be the one I'd be looking at and like, okay, he's, he's going to keep delivering. Mr. Liable for me. So. I'm, you know what? Everyone's going to laugh, <laughs> right? But... I'm looking there at Fernandez's price. Now, I already have a rare. Now, there's no super rare on the market. There's only eight of them that exist. It might be tough to get one. And What's I it's a bit more spec. Get some Fernandez. Get some Fernandez, okay, yeah. Uh, but it's a bit more speculative, maybe because he is moving team and where he fits in and whatever else. But like when you look at him compared to like the prices that some of the best under 23 mids have been and are, like when you look at the Veerman, when you look at what Kachu was at certain stages last season, when you look at different players like that, like he has three cards in and around one point one eight, hugging that. That's that's the floor. One point one eight eighth. I mean, like I don't know what he's last sold for at rare. What's he sold for? 0.95. Now this is where John is. I'm not going to do this, but I just wish I had like the stones. Like I could just go. You could just go and sweep the floor. You could literally just go buy the three of those guys, list them all for one point eight, and just wait. Yep. The Geds and FOMO was starting. Everyone's talking about him. His scores were obscene at a shocking team, and he's going to a more dominant team. Like, I don't know. Just sweep the floor. I feel, I feel like I should there. probably be quiet um, because for me, like, I'm going to be honest, he's one of the players I'd be looking at. And, like, if I need an extra player as a backup, he's one of the guys I was going to, like, really consider bringing in. And I, I'm the same opinion. Like, whenever you see a player in that sort of price range and you're like, Come on, he's going to a better team. If he plays anywhere close to the way he was playing last time, consistently in the starting eleven, you must be thinking, "Yeah, this is a no-brainer here." But like, I'm, I'm in the same situation. I've seen about like uh, I've got like about two point five ETH in my balance at the minute. I'm waiting. So my problem with Rare Pro at the minute, I've got the Okay uh, goalkeeper for uh, a goal, so he's rare. Um, my big, uh, he's he's like a huge like uh, a. <laughs> uh, turning point in my team because if he does not play for Watford I'm absolutely ruined because I got him in the rare I got him in the super rare it's like I've got yeah. so much faith in him and like his price is going boop, 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 
that's going like way yeah. up there and i'm like oh yeah like this is going good you know and yeah, then yeah. that could come to the, to the new season and uh if Watford starts with someone else like all my hopes and dreams are just going to come crashing down um, I hope they sign someone like kiko Casilla. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and my only backup for that is uh, Stefan Bacic, who I've heard is going to be going to a League Two French team. It does not help me. No. Uh, I have two of his cards, his price is now hitting the shitter as well. So, uh, yeah, I've lost value there. Uh, Martin Pies, who plays for FC Dallas, so I could use him all the way down to like November time, but after that, yeah. I'm kind of like you know a bit stuck um but for me yeah my 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 point of what like i need to do before the season starts and we're going to be looking out in the next couple of weeks and months is i need a, a good rare under 23 player and so i'm constantly monitoring mm-hmm. the market at the minute trying to be a who, who to go for and i seen you pick up the soulette and i was like hmm, maybe i should go for the rare version as well so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so it's it's tough. It's tough out there. Look, you mentioned something, Mark, and I want to segue on because we have a few talking points. But you mentioned about Badgett going to a League Two French team. Yes. This is a perfect segue. Did he actually play for Saint Etienne? Yes, he did. So this is the perfect so. segue. Dear God. League Two, Saint Etienne are there and they've renewed with So Rare for five years. And this has led to about five seasons. And this is that's a long term contract, which is brilliant to see. Um, yes. But it's a relegated club in the second division of French football. They're not. Re- they're not going to mint the NFTs, are they? They've probably just extended the license. But like, are they going to mint League Two teams? League Two. Stop. Stop getting me excited. Like, if this happens, the price is going to go whoop, <laughs> and then I'm going to be sitting yeah, there like, yes, I'm sorry, either way, because you know, it's it's one of those like because the biggest graveyard and scariest thing for solar managers is people going off to league the second division are getting relegated and it decimates prices. Now, yeah. where it gets complicated is, I don't know across the board what the optic coverage is like in the second division of most, like, obviously, maybe the big European league second divisions will be covered, but, like, I don't know where that kind of goes once you get to, like, a Portugal second division or, like, a Belgium or Holland. I don't know. And, like, I just think it's a really weird one because, like, I just don't see how that works or how, unless it's a separate, like, conference it's yeah. like you have champion challenger conference maybe um i did think it was a weird one because they did have a similar agreement with the bundesliga 2 um last yeah. season whenever that license came in and there's a whole lot of speculation like oh does this mean bundesliga 2 is going to be covered as all my shelka cards because shelka got relegated the season beforehand so the last season they're in um bundesliga 2 um but they're going to be back now um so they're being promoted again back to the bundesliga but that was the whole talk uh before last season started would shelka be covered would all the cards be absolutely fine um and it could be a very similar uh, agreement where set it ends confirmed this agreement they're going to be licensed no matter what happens to them so they're probably hoping to bounce back as soon as possible and that's where Swear probably would go and mint more as soon as they're straight back. So maybe they just have that confidence they will be back in the following season. Um, but it's not like the championship. The championship, uh, I, I'm so delighted that the championship's covered uh, in Swear in terms of the, the scoring. Um, if they brought on like uh, and licensed the championship, that's 24 teams they'd have straight away. It's, there's so much supply there in terms of new players and potentially that could give like a, you know, with such a huge supply, could maybe make players cheaper um, to mm-hmm. try and let new players get into the game. So, yeah, 
but Challenger's already too big, they'd say. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, Challenger Conference and, or, or Conference or whoever. Yeah. yeah. An interesting quote, though, from Nicholas Julia on that article from Sadetti and other site. It was, this is direct, verbatim, whatever. We are very happy to extend our partnership for the next five years. We are currently launching new sports on our platform, but continuing to offer Sadetian fans the opportunity to play with their favorite players was a very was very important for us. Well, hard luck, lads. You aren't going to be able to play with your players, <laughs> you know, <laughs> unless they extend the co- expand the coverage. You can't play with your players. No, or, or maybe, maybe internationally, it's like, but like we're we're excited for you to play with those players who were playing in League One and now they're yeah. going to do somewhere else. So we're excited to offer you the chance to use them if they get transfer. Yeah, so someday maybe that could be maybe. it. So, and then we also have another perfect little segue into something. Um, where Jean-Francois Sussas, the executive chairman of ASSE, Sadetti, and said, with more than 1 million users in nearly 200 countries, I'm not going to read the rest, with more than 1 million users in nearly 200 countries has been a bone of contention this week. So people questioning so rare's numbers and the numbers they're throwing out there. And Nicholas Julia tweeted somewhere 1.8 million, to be precise, I read. Um, and then people were like, bullshit, prove it. Prove it, man. And what people are failing to realize here is that while it is a bit of a bullshit metric, in my opinion, and I think everyone can see it, I mean, I'd have no, they wouldn't say that. I've no doubt that 1.8 million people have signed up to SoRare. How many of those are bots? How many of those are people that haven't looked in the game a year, at the game in a year? But 1.8 million people have registered to SoRare's mailing lists and site. Like, I'm pretty sure one of them is my dog. <laughs> not anymore. I'm sorry, I don't have a dog. It's my cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, it, it's one of those where, like, I get why they might celebrate that because that is a good metric of yeah. some one one form of success. It's how many people you're reaching and how many people are converting to signups. Um, I definitely think but, in terms of like marketing, that's huge for them. Like, if they can turn around and say to um, different uh, sports companies and say, "Look, we have a platform here." And we can attract 1.8 million users. They have like the hard users that register in their database. Um, but you're, you're right in saying like that obviously is not how many active users there is. Because if you go into Sorare data and you check how many people from that 1.8 million have one blockchain card, uh, there's only 130,000. So it's, it's quite like a huge difference in terms of uh, the reported numbers from Sorare and what the actual statistics were showing us from Sorare data and I'd probably believe Sorare data over that and another statistic I actually looked at as well so after reading about that and seeing that question which I thought was very good um, I went and looked at the Sorare Twitter account just out of curiosity and see how many numbers there was or how many followers there was in total but they only have 101,000 uh, followers on Twitter and I kind of feel like if you were, if, if you did have like 1.8 million users, legit users, you would be over a million users following you on Twitter. I know not everyone has Twitter, but I'd imagine like quite a high percentage of them would be following for the latest updates. Yeah, the, the thing that kind of irks me about the whole thing is like, I, I understand you can have your bullshit metrics and maybe they're not bullshit, you know, they do, there is something behind signing on 1.8 million people up it tells you that your affiliates are amazing yeah. not pointing <laughs> fingers at myself i definitely am on the <laughs> camera um but like 
outside that, like I mean, that doesn't tell you much. But what kind of annoys me is whenever they say, and, and again, it's probably me as an umpty, as a layman, misunderstanding the nitty gritty of the terms. But I don't think it's outrageous for me to assume that I'm like onto something, not onto something, but that, that I'm right in thinking this. I'm blabbering. 1.8 million registered users, and they go on like we have a better retention rate than Netflix, 70 something percent or something. I've seen somewhere before. Yeah. Like, I don't know what Netflix's retention rate is. I don't know what a, re- a good retention rate is. Let me Google Netflix's retention rate. I wonder if that actually will come up. Retention rate is 83% of subscribers were retained after one month. What does retention actually mean? Keep users hooked on their program. Okay, so for example, if a user watches a movie that they're interested in in the first month of subscription, but does not find any other good movies to watch, they may end up canceling the sub. So, okay, so it's about keeping them for one month after whatever. Netflix is 83% here, apparently. So you mean to tell me SoRare has an 84% retention rate on 1.8 million users? I'm probably missing something here. But it to me, like, I get why they do it. They're fluffing up numbers for corporate reasons to sign new leagues, to get new teams, which is what we want, to make our case more compelling for getting the Premier League, which we all want. We're all criticizing them for doing it, but we all want them to do it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It makes, it makes perfect sense in terms of, like, investments, uh, trying to get, like, more investors on board, um, trying to get new leagues on board. It makes complete sense. But uh, if you dive a little bit deeper, like we, we just add into the numbers, um, that's not 83% or 87% or whatever. Um, it's more like 10%. And, like they seem to have a, a real issue where they're getting users signed up. Uh, but in terms of converting those signups into actual pen users, it does seem to be a, bit of a stumbling point. Um, and it'd be actually really, really interesting to find out of those 1.8 million users, how many of them are actually actively playing the casual league or how many of them are actively playing the Sharia Academy, and we don't have that information. Um, because that in itself would be really, really interesting in terms of the free to play model. Like, they could go at this and twist this a different angle of like, oh, yeah, you can advertise our products on the site because we have like 1.8 million users, which is great. You know, that's views on people's products, and that is a huge selling point for companies. Um, but we don't know how many of those 1.8 are still playing. Um, so no ideal. You know, we are, um, I'm just laughing here, like. We're seamlessly transitioning and segueing through everything because you mentioned the casual thing and the casual reports <laughs> changed. Yeah. Like it's almost seamless. It's like we planned this. So <laughs> it will actually be interested to see. I'd be interested to see how the free to play model, and, and Nicholas says this is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of like building out this free to play model. Um, but basically, they've upped the rewards by like 33x. We're now got 100 rewards in the casual rewards pool as opposed to the three and if you listen to this podcast and if you've listened for a while i'm not going to say this announcement was all because of me but <laughs> that is sarcasm for anyone who actually thinks they think i'm more important than i am but um i have bitched about that for a long time it's fucking driven me mad and a lot of people disagree i actually don't know where you stand and i'm interested to see what you think but i thought three rewards for a hundred thousand people i know there's bots i know there's chancers but i just thought it was a bit I th- like you legitimately had more chance winning from my YouTube giveaways, and you probably still do, based on yeah, numbers. I would definitely say that. I thought was insane. Yeah, for for me, like um, I've been on the site since uh, you know thirty first October uh, twenty nineteen. I don't think I've ever won a reward on the Casual League. 
Um, and I consider myself to have like a huge advantage because over the years, like I know the casual legs been changed and the free to play models changed since I, I've started at the very start. Uh, but I do definitely feel like all existing users who've been there for a long time, they have the XP bonus and all the other common cards, which actually gives you more of an advantage uh, versus like a brand new sign up. So if I refer like one of my friends and tell them, look, you should sign up for Sorare, give the free to play model a go and, and you, you stand a good chance of winning. Uh, but I feel like I'm, uh, you know, not selling the, saying the real truth there. That I say, yeah, like yeah. this probably doesn't have a good chance of winning um, because a lot of that's luck in terms of the rewards you get. But the rewards you get is determined by the place you finish. And it's much easier to finish in a higher place if you have a higher XP bonus and higher and better players. So um, yeah. I, I wrote about this before um, on Swear Daily. Uh, which is one of these newsletters uh, done by Fancy Gaffer. Um, it was excellent to the yeah. guest piece. I just really spoke about like uh, the need for the casual league having to get a revamp um, to really make it fair for everyone involved. Uh, everyone has a, a blank playing field, uh, kind of like the way Sorare Academy works. I think it works really, really well. And uh, uh, you go in, you pick your team every single week. Nobody has an XP bonus. Um, so anyone who's been playing for like six months prior, they're not at a better advantage than you are. You can pick like the you know the exact same team, and you know uh, you're you're going to stand a chance basically. Uh, whereas right now, I just kind of feel like anyone who's been playing a long time, they'll they'll have the best common cards. Um, like myself, I have like tons of really good uh, tier zero uh, star star common cards, and that just makes it far easier for me to win. So I I think this is so fundamental for Sorare in terms of converting those initial players at the start. Maybe if they get the first two or three rewards, um, like limited rewards, that'll be enough to spur them on to actually buy some uh, later down the line. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, I've got like a knack to this. I know how to play this game. I have confidence in my ability to navigate the SO5 gameplay of the game. Um, and maybe that could help with the conversion ratio. So I think, tell me this, am I wrong? I, I just kind of, Basically, I am a magpie and buy really nice people, and I never have teams for underdog, and I can't be arsed going and digging. Do you know what? I should really be doing that for content. I should be going and digging <laughs> for underdog guys and putting them in. I know that's a great video that people yeah. probably do all the time. I'll have to do that next season. But anyway, <laughs> uh, am I right in saying underdog has no bonus, like no XP? Uh, I think it's the specialist. So the specialist, uh, if I remember correctly, it doesn't have a bonus, uh, but underdog still retains that bonus. So if you pick up like a okay. card with a good bonus, um, it does help you an underdog. Um, okay. But it is well, an interesting twist in, in that regard. My point is that they have the coding. You're actually the nerd here of us. People don't know that. What, what's your background? You know all about coding and nerd so, stuff. Yeah, a software engineer. Um, yeah. Was the Android developer for two different startups. Uh, now you basically do freelance for different companies. Uh, so doing like Android apps, iOS apps, uh, backend, all that lovely stuff. Back which end. Look, Yeah, backend servers and all that. <laughs> he loves it. So. Whenever they say backend, you know they're properly into it. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, like from my, my uneducated standpoint, I look at that and say whatever on the backend is there, they could very easily click a button on common and be like, no XP lads. Yeah. In the common casual league, I mean, let them have it when they're entering their threshold teams. But like, surely they could just click common casual league, no XP. And then that takes away that scrap. And I know there'll be people who be like, I've turned away XP for a year and a half and I haven't got my first limited card. And now that you've upped the rewards, all that hard work was for nothing. That's what they'll say. But like that'll yeah. be a very small minority. Um, and I doubt they're like a high value client anyway, if we're going to absolutely 
brutally honest if someone's turned yeah. away a casual only for a year and a half um another, another thing they probably could do with the casual league is reset it so all the rewards you win in terms of common cards i thought was reset every three months or every six months and that means everyone's starting fresh again so that was another way you can level up the, um, or even make it the playing field a bit more level so yeah you could do that or so, something that's just kind of side note that i think i think it will come um if i had to put the money down but i think it just makes sense i'd love to see in the casual division i'd love to see all the regions so people can learn regions start to learn what a challenger what a champion is um i've said this before in this podcast many times so i won't bang on about it too much but i just think like building out that experience in total and i'm not saying they all need 100 rewards but like going into next season having a bit more of an immersive so rare so5 experience at there like to give people the bug and let them see why we all love it yeah might be nice and I did see that came in as a question as well. Um, oh, whether or not this should, yeah. So Sam, uh, I'm going to butcher this name. Tiggy, uh, Tiggy. I don't know. T i g h e. I'm so sorry. Thai, Thai. I'm so. that's terrible, man. I'm so bad. Really, really sorry about that. So that was an interesting question, and then I actually dove into my common card straight after reading that. And it's really funny though because I don't have enough players uh, on my common, common out of all the commons I have, I think I have like fifty-seven or something. Uh, but I don't have enough to enter a champion America. I still am lacking uh, one midfielder. I don't have any oh. midfielders in champion America. Uh, and I uh, from my forwards, I've got two forwards to enter, and, and if we if it did split by all the regions, but they're both Castellanos, so I couldn't use both because I'd be repeating mm. player um so that in itself is it i think it's a good idea um yeah but you're right with with that you'd have to have a revamp of how the rewards work in terms of the casual yeah. league because you need to make it more flexible in terms of oh you finish such and such a place now you have the ability to pick a goalkeeper a defender uh, yeah. a midfielder or a forward and that allows you to you know balance out your your your, your roster yeah. in terms of your been able so, to pick it, like if you win an all-star been able to pick what re, like getting a choice of three players or something exactly know, it's free to play like pop up three options on the screen and let you pick one like yeah there would be changes needed because i, I know you're, you're bang on like i probably still can't put out an american team or an asian team or whatever else um so that's a good point but the whole thing is like if that was to happen it would need a complete revamp i think like this is a good start i think the rewards are probably the thing that people are most concerned about but I think it's just Nicholas's comment about like this is just the beginning of a new fully hype, 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 hype free to play mode is basically what it said. Um, I'll be interested to see how that one goes because like it just is a nice onboarding tool and like you know at the minute the barrier debt like even beginning is very high and like the free to play didn't really count because I wasn't gonna suggest anyone plays a free to play mode where there's three rewards for a hundred thousand people. That's just stupid. And the top reward was like a tier two madness. But um, look, they yeah. fixed it. So tier one limited for the winner um 10 or 9 then tier 2 limiteds will be given out from 2nd to 10th and then the rest of them will get a tier 3 limited um so yeah look that, that that's a good start let's see where it goes the next thing i wanted to talk about was i seen simply alex stick out a wee tweet simply alex does all the tweets that i should do i might just like employ him as a ghostwriter special edition <laughs> cards should have a constant one percent bonus i don't necessarily agree with that like i mean it's an idea I mean, do you know what it is? He's saying it with his chest, and I appreciate that. You know what I mean? He's coming in and he's just stating it. He's not saying, you know, what would be a nice idea, because that's the way I would go about it. He's coming in saying, special edition so rare cards should have a constant 1% bonus. 
worthless in the beginning because these cards are released towards the end of the year, but would reward long-term collectors by adding an extra 1%, which at the higher levels can take months to earn, is what he reckons. And I think the, the reason I'm bringing this up is more about the conversation with the special edition cards. There were some nice comments, but a lot that got me kind of thinking. Hi, B chirped in. He'd rather see some real-world real world benefits so I can get plenty of match tickets, shirts, club experiences. He'd love to see some regular prize draws where only champion edition card holders, for example, were included. Could be creative with that. Expand other cards or game week winners, etc. Um, I think there's from other there's some other comments out there, but it got me thinking. Like, you know, when I think of other NFT projects out there, and I don't have many. I think you're. Have you more NFTs or are you more crypto? You do have other NFTs, do you? I've got a few NFTs, um, but really, Sorare is like my main focus. Um, yeah, and I could go through like the list of like what I'm involved with, but I, I know there's a question from Alex, which we can get to. Yeah. Later. Oh. We'd we'll get there after. TC Segways are insane. We're talking about Simply Alex. <laughs> we mentioned other NFTs. This, is, this episode is going to be called like Segway. Because this is actually seamless. It's never worked out like this. And I'm ruining the flow by talking about the flow. How ironic. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, for example, Adam Bond Squad. That's one of the only other projects that I have a few. And I just bought them ages ago because I kind of liked it. And a few people who I trust in the space were like, oh, this is a cool project. Whatever. Bought a few of them. Um, and like what they do is they have like loads of different bombs with loads of different designs or colors or like takes on them. And basically they're a fashion brand. So occasionally any of the this type of bomb will get special access to limited edition shoes or t-shirts or jackets. And then sometimes, you know, this this these people will get access to special edition rug that's, you know, basically giving you that exclusivity. And it's almost like a gate, like a token gate on like special edition collectible limited items or whatever like that idea on so rare it kind of excites me and again we come up with all these beautiful ideas in this podcast and twitter and across the community for me i think a lot of it's like a, a legwork issue and they just don't have the manpower to make these things happen because like you can't dispute that that is engaging and fun now the f- intricacies and the, the finesse of it all and exactly what it would entail that's all up for debate and that would be up for them to decide but if they turned around i think and said like Oh yeah, Sunrise Edition cards are invited to a special Zoom meeting on blah 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 with such and such, or like all Champion Edition cards are in the draw for a Champions League match experience because of Champions. You see the link, or like I don't know. I I really like that. I really like that idea. Um, I think that's really cool. Now tie into what they did with uh, Real Betis and uh, Sevilla, where they had that like uh, yeah. supporters experience. So that meant an awful lot to those people who got involved with that, which would be really, really cool. Uh, so I agree with you. That'd be really, really awesome. But I, I thought it was actually an interesting like twist of like how you could modify like what happens in SO5 by going above and beyond and spending a bit more and on those uh, collector's edition cards. Um, it'd be interesting. I think like these are the sort of ideas where uh, you could probably travel them out first and maybe special weekly, or you could travel them out with the you know specialists, or you could travel them out with underdog before it goes into the, the, the live bigger game, um, because of the wider impact that'll have in terms of the market. Um, but I, I think it's cool, it'll give me another reason why to go in and buy one myself. Uh, especially mm-hmm. if I was looking through the market, like oh, this is the cheapest one, but the champion edition is only an extra 0.1 ETH. But I will always have maybe maybe it's not like a one percent bonus. Maybe it could always start from the five percent. I'll always have a five percent. I'll never drop lower. Like that'll be quite interesting because it means even whenever it comes in the next season, 
like you're you're on the level playing field straight away um mm-hmm. which is quite cool i think yeah like yeah the the stuff you can do around xp or guaranteed xps or bonus xps or whatever is cool um that's something they've never really done with any sort of special edition card but like even just back on to that point of like giving stuff away draws based on those cards like the champion edition card these are collectibles that people who support those teams are probably more likely to try and buy and what if one random like what was it like 10 or 50 how many like um let me see i need to go in and actually look i'll go to jeru for example right i go to his cards card edition champion okay there was only 11 of them okay so 10 limited one rare right what if and I, again i get it it is might be a logistical nightmare but what if one of the 10 or one of the 11 Jeru champion edition card holders got a signed Jeru shirt and did that with all the champion players they have the licenses again i get it's a ball ache shipping out hundreds of shirts but i mean like surely that's where it has to go like that that's fun yeah. or even i think that like, alone that alone would be massive like can you imagine get like a danny parejo signed shirt because you got the champion uh, danny parejo one i've got a danny parejo signed <laughs> shirt Oh, I remember hearing that you might have been able to get one. I got one. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, Excellent I segue again. <laughs> in hand. Yeah, yeah. But like, I don't know. I Did heard about see? this a couple episodes back, and I remember hearing the rumor you might be able to get your hands on because you knew someone who knew him. Um, so you left us all like in the in the dark. We're like, what's happening? What's coming next? Is it going to arrive or not? Uh, but so I, I'm delighted. Yeah. No, Check so your Twitter. Check your Twitter. Okay, okay. And check your, your dms i fill but um yeah like i mean i have the most extensive as danny says on that shirt to john nellis my number one fan and biggest nft collector it's true i cannot believe um, i missed this i missed this tweet oh my goodness this is so isn't sick. that huge isn't that that's bad? awesome <laughs> that's incredible that's, that's, that's like uh i'm just waiting for the dice of senior is going to sound like a hoodwink like a, a signed jersey yeah like i swear to god Chatting to him in DMs and all, I was like, "Yeah, man, I got your back." And all, like, like I insane. swear, it was mad. Oh. It was mad. Um, so yeah, like Has it I, arrived? I have obviously. Uh, no, it hasn't arrived, but I, I trust okay. it will be sent to me. Um, the yeah, so it's, it's going to be like right behind you, and it's going to be there. The, the Trent. Uh, you didn't have yeah. a Trent shirt, was it? The right? Trent's over there. I just kind of yes. moved it because to declutter. I was going to get like a wee neon signy thing when I kind of redid this room, but. I never did, but now I've got the perfect piece. The perfect piece. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so like, I just think like, there's so many things they can do there. It's so much fun. It would make the diehards want to collect the shirt. And I mean, yeah, it would add value to the cards. It would add a reason to get them. But then outside that, I mean, the other, the counter argument is, you know, long-term as SoRare develops as a company, as they get more clout and more recognized as Topps cards have, you know, the one of ones, the one of fives, the one of tens. I know so rare is essentially like one of one, one of ten, one of whatever's, but you could say that those champion or those champion cards, even at limited, are essentially one of tens in, in their own right. Um, you know, long term, I mean these could become legitimate collectibles as we go into an, an ever more digital age. And like maybe then, I mean, maybe you don't necessarily need the utility aspect as much as as much as it's a lovely thing. It doesn't mean that these cards can't be worth more. Yeah, I definitely find like um, the collectability starting to come already. Um, I have seen a couple of managers who've collected all this, the, the 
the kit number editions of all the players. Mm. Like I know Sorare on the budget did it for Dundee, which was I thought was super. You know, you looked in and it's very similar um to You'll Never Walk Alone did the exact same for Liverpool, had the shirt number of every single player in terms of the rare card. And I think that's like a lovely touch. Um and I think it's like it's just a pipe dream for me to be able to do that whenever Chelsea arrive. I think like the Chelsea boys are gonna be so expensive. So yeah. I don't think I'll ever be able to do that. But you know, that's just some of the things I'd like to do as well. Like I think if you're really passionate about a club, you'd like to be able to like, yeah, I've actually got the all the ones from like a particular season and I've just got it there. So mm. you may sell that line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Board, I know. You know. Yeah, I'm gonna have to find it to uh, buy me some mine or something on Reese James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, oh, Reese James. Yeah, he probably let's check him out. I'd say he just gets fullback tax, does he? I'm not even sure. I've checked me some mine before, and I was like, "Yep, Jeez. definitely won't have him in my." Reese James answer. scores decent. Now, albeit he finished the season strong with three assists in the last the last three games Chelsea had. But he had two hundreds and a seventy-three. He had a fifty-six AA game, a forty-four AA game. He's a Trent. Reese James is just a Trent. He's a monster there, actually. Um, I still under twenty-three okay. as well. Come on, Nicholas, yeah. please deliver, deliver it, <laughs> deliver it, baby. <laughs> the Premier League, yeah. Ugh. right. I'm going to actually move us on to questions. There was another thing I was going to throw at you, but we leave it because it's a long, boring conversation. It's overdone at this stage. I'll leave you all wondering what that could have been. Do you know what isn't a long, overdone conversation yet, but kind of is? And again, I'm saying something. <gasps> Two things. I meant to tease this. Biggest guest ever, potentially. I think so. Definitely for this podcast, biggest guest ever. In oh, thank months. you very much. Oh, oh I think you're me. <laughs> <laughs> Six weeks. What height are you? Um, I met ten. you. You're not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. That's I'm fair. Not, you couldn't have lost me there. The no. <laughs> So I think this guy is probably a bit shorter than you, but I've only ever seen him on video. There, there's a clue. Okay. Oh, ask a question. Let's play 20 questions with guests from here on out. Ask one question and I can give you yes or no. Ooh. Um, is he a professional footballer? No. Let's move on. It's not a professional <laughs> footballer. Good, good question, though. Um, yeah. The second thing was... Lots and lots of people asking about this so rare meetup on the 5th of August in London. I'm sorry, I probably like got it out there too early. I just want the people to save the date. I didn't want people to go making summer plans because it's getting to that stage. There is 100% something happening in London with lots of so rare people on Friday night, 5th of August. And I dare say the Saturday people will be making plans to go see games. If enough people go, I love the idea of getting some five-side pitches going or something. Um, get a wee so rare data team. Get a so far so rare team. I claim Harry trades. Um, <laughs> he's decent. Um, and uh, yeah, get, get like a Surer team, get the Surer mega team, who knows? Who knows? Um, and all the rest. But yeah, put it in the diaries. More details will, you won't miss the details because I'll announce them here. I'll put them all over YouTube. I'll put them all over my Twitter. So if you follow me in places, you'll see it. Um, but unfortunately, just waiting on people getting back to me that front and center is basically what's happening. Other people trying to make decisions and make things happen to make it the best night it can be. But it's going to happen. Right. Question time. Um, let's go in and have a sconce. So were there any questions that jumped out at you? I'll let you rattle these off and we won't dwell too long uh, just because we mentioned it already. Simply, Alex, what other NFT projects have you got involved in? Yep. Um, so I'll just roll through a couple of them. Uh, CryptoKitties, at the very start, whenever I got involved oh, with yeah. NFTs, just to sort of try them out. So that was back in like 2017. 
2018. Um, Crypto Space Commanders, Flower Patch, uh, did get involved in some artwork just with uh, an artist called uh, Josie. Um, Zed Run, the King's NFT project, which was a rug pull, and we shall not talk any more about that. Oh, um, I remember that, the Lions, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, Do you still exactly. have them in your wallet? Still have them in my wallet, just as a reminder of like uh, how much of a scam it was. Uh, these lines look like you know someone does smelly fart, and they're just pulling faces now. Um, also, Ultimate Champions is another one uh, that I've got. Oh yeah, but yeah, uh, so that's the ones I have. Uh, but most of my time goes with Sorare. Um and I kind of even find with like uh, Zed, like uh, they have daily tournaments, but you have to be like very active to be able to do well in those. And Sorare mm. sort of like fits me perfectly where you set your teams like two times a week uh, if you need to um and then you just go from there you can spend all as many hours as you want into the transfer market and swear data but you know it's a little bit easier to maintain yeah no i hear you uh, i'm trying to look what nfts i have i have obviously like 99 percent of it's in so rare but outside that i have um adam bomb squad three of them ludo labs I've got a couple of little labs things. This random one, Dava, I bought one of them. Just I don't even know why. I got a little labs add-on. Got airdrop this week Christmas one. I've got a Vayner Sports Pass. I bought one of them. Just I didn't know what that'll entail, but I know that those Vayner guys like to deliver utility. So hopefully there's some sort of sportsy soccery utility someday with that. Um, and I got a Foodium Club. And then I have some Meta League cards. Um. A lot of these, to be fair, the football ones have been like given to me as like an influencer. I did little air quotes there for anyone listening and not seeing it. <laughs> um, so like I haven't necessarily went and bought a lot of these, but like it's nice having exposure to them, particularly in the football yeah. space. But um, for so those ones, kinda... I, yeah, I, I don't feel like I know enough or I'm confident enough that um, if I put money into it, I would be able to sell it at a profit. Um, yeah. and with that until I, I swear I'm confident in that regard um, I'm very very picky where I put my ETH and where I, I spend my ETH these days because uh, yeah. if I don't if I'm spending somewhere like uh, you know like Futura or like Ultimate Champions or Zed then that's something I could have been putting into uh, Sreer instead so mm-hmm. it needs to be worthwhile yeah Futura is a fun one I don't have any of theirs but like I think I've it's a fun it. thing yeah, I think it's really cool the way you can vote in different things. Uh, I love the way that you could vote in like the the crest, the the kits and the designs and stuff like that. Um, but again, like you know, in terms of like, is there real value? Could you sell those uh, NFTs for profit, like down the line? I think it, what would be pretty cool is maybe in about ten years time, you could say, oh, I own one of the first NFTs, and I I had the the shirt from yeah. the very first season they were established. Like that, you would have sort of like a exclusive club there, and you'd be like one mm. of these early adopters, which would be really really cool. Um, but yeah, I haven't taken the plunge. I've just been sort of tracking it and following it, and seeing what's going on. Like, I know that they probably know. There's no probably about it. Way more about all this than me because they're living in it. But when I look at them, I almost look and again, I could just be full of shit. I don't think I am though. I think they need to look at themselves more as like a content production company where their YouTube produces content and makes you build relationships with those players. Live streams, two minute videos of players and little photos across socials isn't enough. I think really doubling down on YouTube, putting like money into your production, get a really good camera or three, some mics and have like get some, and I'm sure over there you'd get some decent like 
people who want to learn how to do that and be good at it, cheap as chips, get a wee mini production company, stick some a few grand at them over the course of the year and just let them run a YouTube and pump it into it. Because like, I don't know, I just look at that and I'm like, I don't know how people want to get involved or build relationships with that club without knowing what that club's at. And the only way you do that is through content. And maybe they're doing it elsewhere. I just look at YouTube. Maybe they've got a, a booming Twitch channel, but like, yeah, I don't know. Well, one thing's I like is they do live stream the games and stuff for all their members, so it is yeah. really nice that you can sort of track what's going on. But yeah. whenever you have like one NFT, you are voting alongside the other NFT holders, so your voting power there is actually quite small. And that's one of the things I'm mm. just like, mm, don't know how I feel about that. But yeah, but imagine, yeah, again, I don't. This isn't a Futera United podcast. So we'll move on to another question in one yeah. second. But this is a closing <laughs> statement on that. Like, it would interest me more as like a fan if it was like. You know, like mini docu series type stuff. I don't. I never watched any of that hashtag United stuff or any of that. I imagine that's what it was like, though. You know, kind of following the team, letting you know the players, almost drive to survive. That kind of letting you know what's going on across the board. This new guy's just signed. Is this a big thing for him? Where does he come from? What's he about? Like, is he, you know, building a relationship with the whole club, and then maybe, you know, as NFT holders. The, the the community will be like this kid god love him like underdog let's let him play the next game we want him to start give him his chance and yeah. then you know stories and narratives are built and beautiful things can come out but anyway that's me just talking shit and dreaming um mcbrideus has asked how would you address the free-to-play model or what would you do to help users on a smaller budget process via skill and not just money progress via skill not just money yeah um so we really basically talked about this revamping that. yeah revamping the casual league uh resetting everyone back to the even level playing field um the, the new rewards is perfect uh giving more rewards to people is great the only other thing i think which would be really cool as a side game uh i don't i don't know if Sora could do this legally um so that's why i'm suggesting maybe third party does this instead but have fpl but for Sorare licensed leagues so you could have like basically the exact same FPL model where you get the same points scored for the FPL, but do it for like the Belgian league or do it for MLS. And then at the end of this year, so everyone's got like the same idea that everyone knows how FPL works. Um, you reward like say the top 1000 with a limited card. And uh, mm. so the top, maybe the top 100 from those 1000 get tiers, like a star uh, limited reward. Um, and that's something different. That's to keep the engagement, keep like a bit of, like banter between friends. Like, oh look, I've overtaken you in the, the leaderboard this week. Blah blah blah. You know, going from there. So, yeah, yeah, probably cool to see that. We know like the FPL model works. We know that like, you know, let's say they get the Premier League, you get a lot of FPL managers and who would do that. But then, but they all just stay in the free to play model and never transition to so rare because they're not learning that game. There's a lot to think about. But like, yeah, I do think like side games are. I was only talking about this recently, like when I'm live streaming and all, unless I have rewards to open teams to build or a budget to spend, like there's nothing else you can really do other than just digging around the trenches, like more straight at, like, I don't know, not necessarily looking for a quick endorphin hit, but kind of looking for a quick endorphin hit potentially challenges and stuff and reasons to be on the site and reasons to be digging around and finding bargains and being creative, some sort of like, chemistry model like FIFA Ultimate Team has that you've built yeah. challenges and I don't know so, something around all that things to keep you engaged. Are you telling me are you telling me you don't have Sorare data open every single day? Because like I feel like I that's, that's yeah like and that's like the engagement there. It's like I'm sitting there and it's just like looking at all the players I would sign if I had like a limited eight I know. Like, ah, 
one day and like he was slowing well there and uh, you know if i could build a player or build a team for this week and just get this game week only this yeah by so yeah. yeah i suppose like, like i could probably do more i think whenever i'm clicking around and all i do so much of it in my own time like when i'm just like oh i wonder what he's at or oh you see a rumor or, oh i wonder what he's worth or oh he might be nice um but then whenever you actually sit down to like stream or do something it can be often a bit of a, like a uh, you're trying to like claw things to do whenever you've already built your teams opened your rewards and spent all your eighth but um anyway maybe that's me taking away from that question we kind of talked about it already um we'll see what other questions there are I think it's a good question as well. It's very, very it important is. at the same time, like that free to play model and converting users. So that's really good. Yeah. And that's why we praise, I suppose, the, the increase in rewards so much because, like, not everyone rocks up with an ETH to spend, 10 ETH to spend, whatever. Um, MDJ said, Ah, Mr. Community, if you were offered a role at SoRare, like head of community or similar, what would you change or what new things would you want to implement? So for people who don't know, I suppose, did you used to have a role with them or is it just the Reddit you did? Uh, I was volunteering, so I helped out with the Reddit. Um, Reddit. Just helped moderate and post some content from different content creators and, and sharing stuff. Um, and also created like a Twitter community for everyone to follow, like uh, Swear yeah. content uh, producers or anyone who want to engage in terms of Swear discussions. So um, part of the reason why I did that is I, I really feel like uh, the community uh, is extremely strong. There's so many talented uh, content producers out there. Um, and unfortunately, I don't have enough time to consume all that content. Uh, but really, whenever you have a place to curate these and like send them out, I kind of find like if I was head of community, I would sort of promote that a lot more. Uh, yeah. I did take a, a scroll through their timeline on Twitter, and it's kind of shocked me that there wasn't uh, retweets of oh look at this um newsletter from one of our top content creators or you know look at this youtube uh, uh video where they're recommending some of the players here and maybe there is a legal reason why they can't do that but uh they've never disclosed that and that's why it's our question why it's not been done um the only other thing i would sort of really suggest is uh they we were told they were going to have constant uh, communication with the community and I knew there was going to be like a newsletter that was going quite frequently. Um, I did see one come out for April and I did not see one for May. I'm not sure if mm. maybe there's something weird with my inbox and, and my mail. So, John, if you have it, you're... Yeah, so if you have like a the newsletter, it's called the snapshot. So I had to look through it and look through for it today because I was like, oh, maybe it just like went to my chunk or something. And that is there is a chance that it did go into junk for my emails and that's why i'm just asking you like if you've noticed it oh, come through your emails really no yeah yeah so if, if it hasn't come through your emails then then i'm sort of wondering like what's happening this because this is where they're going to say like we're going to have a monthly newsletter um and if it is going to people's junk mail then that's actually a problem they need to fix because the first one was not fine to me so yeah no, i'm, I'm I think, not saying anything there personally like I think that's the two major ones. And apart from that, I definitely bring back the, the reactions to the Discord uh, because he doesn't love seeing pip emojis, clean faces, and popcorn. So it's always great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you'd have to, you'd have to, like, uh, I'd definitely bring on uh, Coutinho uh, to do all the memes. Uh, yeah. They've started to lean into the memes. Yeah, I've seen that. Up. I've seen that. And I was like, oh, like, I thought it was him. And then he was like, no, no, it's not me. And I was like, I'm, oh, I'm a right. chief meme guy in New York 
when I was there, I went to their office. I met Chief Meme Guy. I forget his name. I met a few people that day in there. But I shook the hand of So Rare Meme Guy. Okay. Um, yeah. Was it continuous? So no. It wasn't him. I can confirm. Okay. I know what he looks All like. Right. I know who he is. So, okay. Um, yeah. But uh, no, I, I think it's one of those where, like, I don't know. I think, like, Nicholas and So Rare do engage with my tweets enough for me to be, like, satisfied personally. I don't know about all the other people who make content. I think something one thing I know that's an issue for them is like if I make a video and I angle it towards money or making money or yeah. the financial side, they steer clear a million miles because that's yeah, not what I, they're I about. That. It's about collectability. Yeah. Um and the fantasy game. But like outside that, I mean the thing I'd like to see is and again how do I say this? I feel like they feel they've helped me more than most of the the so rare content creators and i feel like that's true you know they have um and I, i'm talking about in terms of actual um things like tickets or trips yeah. or that i'm not talking about a retweet you know i'm talking yeah. about that and in reality all i've received from them was help getting those tickets for the vip trip to barcelona yeah you know outside that I like look okay. This this sounds a bit ungrateful, right? It does, but I think whenever I'm trying to make content and I'm putting thousands into the production of that myself in terms of flights, accommodation, cameraman, editing, yeah. you know, outside the Barcelona tickets, you know, the tickets to go to the games of Quinny, like we had ticket cards, you know, so technically we were owed them to the Liga if we're being and like they weren't premium seats or anything, you know, they were just seats, and then outside yeah. that, in fairness, in Orlando. You know they hooked us up i think they didn't get the, t- the seats for us at all psu sorted yeah. them out but so they did this is sort of thing to us, it was worth a couple. yeah there's a thing i yeah. wasn't aware of i wasn't sure like if they were helping out with that and if they're not then this is the sort of thing I, like they must have links to help out the community uh content creators what, what, um yeah go ahead what yeah. I, what, I, what i say is like because i've been there i've had those conversations because i really do want like tickets to good games to make good content you know as much as you might think people do people don't want to see me go to a game people probably don't even want to see me go to any games but i like going to them zwoll versus go ahead eagles you know it needs to be the ajax fanard it needs to be the yeah. dortmund versus munich leverkusen or something like that it needs to be a big game i mean i think f- for what it's worth i do think like the intention is there particularly for mcdonald the community manager i think the intent is there i think he, it's not like they're trying to hold things back or be stingy bastards i think they genuinely want to help out as much as they can i think again it goes back to there's no like dedicated team to manage that and i am just one of probably 10 english-speaking content creators badgering for stuff never mind the french the spanish the italian the belgian the dutch the americans so like i understand that when you look at it from that point that maybe it's harder for them to deliver all the stuff, but I do think they want to help as much as they can. And when they can, they will. It is more of a logistical problem, I think. Yeah. Because um, they've definitely I, I do, helped. But yeah, yeah, I do look at that and I just sort of think like the budget which they probably spend in terms of marketing and uh, like advertising boards with the La Liga and different stadiums and everything else. I know that's going to cost like a huge amount of money. Um, and it's great because it gets the eyes of so many different people. But even if, if you could turn around and be like, oh, Sorare actually supplied uh, one rare card for me to give away. Um, and then they also supplied like tickets to go to this game, pay for all accommodation. Like you can sort of see where that could actually encourage other content creators. Mm-hmm. But like, you know what? I want to be like John Nellis. I want to go and, and create like lots of great content for Sorare. And then I get to have the same sort of experiences. That's free marketing for them. 
like straight out of the way like they're getting people going off spending their hours working their ass off and that's where i kind of feel like there's all these people who are spending so much time like writing up blogs newsletters producing videos and the quality's there the quality's really really good and even to like include like one of you guys or one of you girls or you know whoever's involved you know the likes of that La Liga uh, reveal uh, where they have people in the studios and wherever else to yeah. have one of you do like a, an intro video or just be featured to have your face there and I think that would be like a huge reward because you're getting exposure yeah. as well um, as a way of saying like a thank you but you yeah know. like this is something I've banged on about a bit in the past I don't know if I've banged it on about it as much in like a public forum like this but like that La Liga launch like okay i wasn't quite as in it as i was but even like quinn was pretty diehard into making content then um like hybe and and um, marcus whatever you, the listeners they're, they're quite polarizing characters in the community but like you know they've been plugging out a so rare podcast for however long yeah i mean in fairness i think the output i've put out this year has been much improved i mean there's been a video five five videos a week since january but like when i looked at that and i seen some guy called thogged in there and like two, three other influencers. And while I completely understand why that is, and it's trying to reach yeah. new audiences and promote so rare in the league, I completely understand it. I'm not naive, but equally I do feel like opportunities like that, there is space for influencers across the board or content creators in the so rare space to kind of be rewarded maybe for the effort throughout the year. And, you know, as you say, get that experience. Um, and I, I, I kind of break the content into two, two sort of sections of my head. There's um there's sort of like onboarding content and there's engaging content. So there's the onboarding stuff, which is where you let people realize what so rare is and maybe they'll sign up. And then there's the engaging one, which is where the retention comes in and people spend the money and having fun and enjoying the platform and building the community. I think the reason you see every dickhead with a sharp face and seven reasons not to join so rare is because that's the only type of content that pays currently. You know? Because yeah. that's, that's where true. you get the affiliate signups. It doesn't actually matter to anyone. Who makes content what you do or your engagement apart from sign up because that's the only thing they'll get paid for the views aren't yeah. there yet to get paid for the rest you know there's no ads coming in like i think i'm probably one of the bigger english-speaking youtubers and i mean my ads from last year last month might have been 200 quid 100 quid whenever that's 20 something videos going out it's not a lot when you really break it down um yeah. so i think like having more motivation reason help um until so rare reaches i think what they think is like you're gonna do it anyway and we're gonna get a million users someday and then you'll yeah. be big enough you know where you can pay for yourself but at the minute i'm finding it very yeah. hard i don't think i can sustain doing the vlog stuff yeah because i swear i know you've said spoke about in the past where you're you're working full-time you're trying to churn out as much content as possible and it's, it's all about and I think it's like whenever you're turning out as much content as you are, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure to keep delivering same quality, same high, high, high standard every single time. Um, and that's why I'd like, I, I'll just make a point of it. Like the, this should be promoted more, should be celebrated more. Um, but, you know, that's just my opinion. So. Yeah. And obviously I'm very biased. There's people listening thinking, yeah, oh, Jesus Christ, so. you're having a ball. You know, people are, you know, last year was a good year. A lot of people used to link it all, but that all, that all expires eventually. And like, you know, the boom was over a year ago. A lot of those signups are gone. So it's one of those now where it's like, you know, going over doing it, like what I think is quite engaging content with vlogs and things, the more marquee videos. I want to do videos where you do almost Mr. Beast style stuff. That's a bit more fun with so rare cards. It could maybe strike virality and go a bit further than the, 3,000 viewer ceiling that's where content seems to have at the minute. But like trying to 
do all that at the minute it's tough because it, it doesn't pay do you know it just to be yeah. it doesn't so like that's why when people are like looking at youtube all you'll see is the shocked face and the things i wish i'd known five must nots oops no way you did that you'll win more <laughs> if you do this you know that's yeah. all that's all you know so like for my channel it's about balancing that but also putting out the fun stuff. So like I normally have like I think on Mondays videos might be more that way, like the tutorial stuff. I might put out like a tutorial video a week, but then the other four videos are more kind of engaging stuff. But look, I'm doing it because I hope it keeps growing and keeps growing. At the end of the day, um I'm enjoying it. But like yeah, I do think like again, all these issues, I actually do from speaking to them think they have the best of intent. And I I don't blame them. I don't think they're letting down the content creators that serve them but like i do feel that like if they had more employees or a team that managed this they would deliver more and i think that's kind of the important part because then i feel like someday it'll happen yeah if that makes sense yeah that makes sense they have to get access to players they have to with all these licenses they have to be able to flip that switch and if they aren't going to make videos on it which they did with the severe betis one yeah that's the one i always think back to is like severe betis is like if they got access to that then you know there has to be more exactly but we'll see um santai i think that's how you say it do you think i I might just say tiggy just to piss them off though santiggy uh, do you think we should win the <laughs> no, League? We've already answered that, but just, yeah, uh, we do. just to annoy him. Um, <laughs> let's see. So, where Siege, what do you think of the 1.8 million users stated by Nicholas? What criteria do you think these? Blah, blah, blah. We've answered that. Um, yeah. But yeah, fair play, good man. with the question. Um, Winger MK, I'm going to bash this one out. Mark, if you found that, butt in, but otherwise we'll move on. Winger MK, how would you feel about an under 23 sticker or signing cards to help distinguish them and maybe make them more collectible? Now, that, that sign does exist. It's not on the card, but it's below it. You'll see the under-23 eligible badge. If you're talking about collectability, that's quite literally what the rookie card is for. Um, it's signifying their first season. Just because someone's under-23 doesn't actually really matter in the world of football, apart from it's so rare. Um, but what does matter in the world of collectibles is rookies, so I think they've ticked that box personally. That's my opinion. The only thing I would add into that as well is that it allows them to be more flexible when it comes to if they want to change the goalposts in terms of like the barriers. Uh, maybe they mm. want to move away from under-23s and go back to, I think it was originally under-21s at the start. Mm. Um, so if they decide to do that now, especially with the supply of players increasing massively, so there's way more under-21s available um then you know they're fit enough to do that as long as they don't mint onto the card so hmm. i mean like the players have their age on the card so i mean you don't need to tell us yeah, under 23. we can see they're under 23 at the time of that card um, and i think it could just be misleading long term if it's no longer a big factor and so rare that would be long term you'd like to think um buying this one out for me just on time key and james what's your preferred choice for a world cup goalkeeper um allison Allison, yeah, I think I've so, I'll tell you why. Ten games, seven clean sheets. That's why. So the last ten games for Brazil. Yeah. Allison, it is then. I was gonna say like whoever's nailed for France, it's probably gonna be Loris, maybe his last Lloris, one. Yeah. But, um, I did look at them, but like they had like considered quite a few goals, like even against like Denmark, they're considering. Oh, yeah? Um and I also had high hopes for uh, Donnarumma and Okay. Uh but of course Ghana or Nigeria, sorry, and uh, Italy did not qualify. So, hmm. yeah, that was a heartbreaking yeah, for me. Heartbreaking. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I have done room at limited and rare, so it was heartbreaking for me too. Um, Quolet, Q O E L E T dot ETH. Why do you think under 23s are so popular? They lose value when they hit 24, and players usually hit their football and best a few years later. The rewards on offer, isn't it? 
Yeah, that has to be the rewards. In the, world. Uh, the rewards and also uh, you have the longest amount of time available to have your investment pay off. Uh, whereas if you buy like someone who's 30 years old, um, someone pick their career, like for example, a prime example, that would be um, Benzema. He's in the form of his life. But how many more years has he got before he has like a really bad injury or he just his form starts to deteriorate? Especially if you're buying him right at the peak, and it's going to be really hard to sell him at a similar price. And then by that stage, once he is retired, you have to have made back uh, what he costs you in terms of investment and in terms of, like your rewards have, has to equal that. So that's one of the reasons the rewards and, you know, you've got so much time to play with uh, those cards. Mm. So, um, yep, yeah, no, that, that explains it all. Bang on. Um, I mean, they were maybe a wee bit overhyped, but I mean, like all those reasons are bang on. Um, let me see. CJ Andrews with West Ham and Liverpool having a year of cards and apparently not renewing those agreements. Did something with those relationships jeopardize Suarez's chances of landing the whole prem? I think that's conspiracy theory stuff, to be honest. I mean, we have no idea. There's a million reasons why they might not have been renewed. Yeah, like, I think this is. I think actually, like... sorry to butt in, was there not? I think the whole reason for this was that Panini had something in place for their license that whatever happened, basically, so rare could only get one club per year. That like that was quite literally it. It was based on Panini's existing license and the physical cards, is what I heard. And then there was the Premier League license, which went up for auction, but uh, we don't know the whole ins and outs of what happened with that. So this is like a business yeah, stuff. Got that, it. Yeah, I, I I don't know really what to say about this, um, because we don't have the information. Um, just yeah. hopefully, hopefully they'll be releasing the Premier League in the next year. Shout out to. Um, I think we've got around every question apart from one. Shout out to Sorare Addicted who dropped the comment. The last one to wrap up. What do you think? This is from Sorare Israel. What do you think will happen if Sorare land the print? So if it happens, what do you think happens? I'm going to try and keep this short. I'm going to do the 137 again. I have to yeah. do the um, Oh, and there's one other question after this. Uh, so I think a good oh. moment. The prices explode um, where a lot of the players, there'll just be way more managers come on board. Uh, just because of the exposure the Premier League has, and that in turn will create more demand, which will increase the prices of several pretty much. So, um, yeah, another question that I, I said it. Sorry, yeah, sorry I said go ahead. Just chuck in. I said it like last a couple of weeks ago. Like I think actually more money initially on the announcement will come in from so rare users. Do you know, yeah. Like if you have Ethan a balance mark and you're there and you see that announcement, you're probably going to go in and snap by a few guys who you've been him and hand about. And I think oh, yeah. everyone will be spunking that eighth balance, waiting for the market that comes with the prem, waiting for the the outrage on tabloids, 500, 600 million for an NFT license. NFTs are a scam. Outrage market, and it'll work a dream. Um, so yeah, I think like every one of us are the ones that'll actually fuel that economy economy initially. Um, but anyway, what was your next one? There was another yeah, question. Yeah, so last question. If I yeah, FI Gardner, I've uh, seen that. Can you oh. name three players you're going to rocket in price if they get transferred this summer? Uh, oh, yes. I love questions like these uh, because I think like you you have to spend a bit of time going into the market. I know you're short for time, so I'm going to rattle three some players. Uh, Alexander uh, Maximenko, uh, former number one of Sparta Moscow, uh, once sold for 1.2 ETH. He's now 0.255 ETH. If he's no longer first choice at Sparta Moscow, I can't imagine he's going to be happy sitting on the bench. So I'd imagine he would want to get a transfer. And hopefully people can understand that I'm actually wrong through this explanation. Um, yeah, yeah, ones, yeah, but that's uh, good. That's what people yeah. want. The other one's uh, Keishel Sherpung, um, the goalkeeper on loan from Brighton. He went he went to uh, KV Ostend at the end of last season, um, from January to the end of the season. 
and he was playing very well for them, uh, so well that he took out the guy who was actually playing very well for on the outs for them before he joined. Uh, so that was only till the end of the season. He could get another really kick-ass loan, and his price is zero point six nine nine ETH, which in terms of under under twenty three goalkeepers, extremely cheap. So you could expect his price to perhaps double if he gets a good loan move. Uh, Karo Matoma uh, went on loan to um, Royal Saint Union or whatever team, call that team in Belgium. I can't remember the name of mm. On loan from Brighton. Uh, credible score for Kawasaki Frontale um, before he moved to Brighton. If he gets another really good loan, then you know his, his, his value is going to skyrocket from 0.29 ETH, which is what I've seen him this afternoon. Uh, the last one which I'm going to bring up here. Uh, is David Neres, uh, so he formerly of Ajax, yeah. now at Shakhtar. He's um, you know looking for a new club based on what all's going on, unfortunately in Ukraine. Uh, he's been rumored with Benfica and Ju- Juventus. If he gets a move to Benfica, he's the number one striker. That's zero point three nine eight. ETH is going to be seen very cheap if he's starting and buying them in. So yeah, just roll through them. On <laughs> first baby. <laughs> yeah. and I, so, just a disclaimer, I actually do not own any of them. Um, I was going to pump one of the players I just bought before I came on here. I'm not going to do that uh, because I don't want people well, to be like, oh, yeah, just pumping all the players, whoever. So. Well, you brought that up knowing that I'd do it for you, didn't you? Like, you <laughs> no, you don't have to say that. No. Lana is Ulysses. That's a weird, you say that name. That's a fun one for you to try. Uh, I can't even say his name, and uh, I can't find him on my screen, so I need to look for him. Ulysses Lana is. Ulysses Lana is. I don't know. You can go and check out Mark Lilly's transaction history, and he's been buying them all so we could pump them on the podcast. It's yeah, actually uncanny. You, like, he literally bought them four hours ago just before coming on the podcast so he could pump them. Scumbag. But uh, we finished with the 137 game. So uh, last week, um, Bob Flynn had a bit of a howler. Um, he got 54 points. One of his guys, the MP. So he actually won zero pounds for charity, zero euros for charity. But Bob, very kindly last week, fair play to him, decided to match the total up to that point. So me and Bob will be given 94 quid to charity based on the previous weeks. Um, now, Mark, the, the rules have changed. You can pick as many players as you want. Um, and I explained to you before, basically, you're going as close to 137 as you can. Yep. Um, so I'm going to go for Donnarumma and uh, Vitor Ferrer. So Donnarumma for Italy and Vitor Ferrer for uh, Portugal. Vitor Ferreira. Okay. Well, look, best of luck with that. I hope it works Thank out you for you. Much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Do you want to plug in before you go? There's a, do you want to plug me to that group on Twitter or... Yeah, Anything. so if you just want to follow me on Twitter, it's uh, at MarcoSullivan94. Um, that's probably the best way to reach me. Um, but that's, that's it. So thanks for bringing me on. That was great catching up again. So. Yeah, no, it was good fun. Good fun. Hopefully people could distinguish the voices. But um, yeah, go check out Mark on Twitter. I'm sure you'll be back on again soon, I'm sure. Perfect. Thank you very much. it for this week's episode thank you so much for listening another great guest coming up next week please do leave us the review actually just go and leave the review i know you're about to switch over to that other podcast you listen or put some music on or maybe turn me off but leave us a review before you do it take two seconds and subscribe wherever you're listening we'll see you again next week